Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman. With me today is Joe Lupton, and we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so we've got the Fed and Chair Powell's um, testimony. We've got the data um, highlighted by today's employment report. We've got financial market moves highlighted by the signs of stress coming in the picture today. And we've got our views, which you know have um, been basically focused on um, a resilient economy that's on an unsustainable path that will get hit by uh, some combination of central banks and building vulnerability, but will take time. So with that as a lead in, where do you want to begin, Joe? Take your pick. Oh, boy. I mean, I, I guess you on the one hand, you've got some good news kind of in the sense that, you know, continued resilience in the U.S. economy, payroll report, you know, no, there, there's certainly still people out there that are worried about a near-term recession, and, and this payrolls report gets us through one more month where it certainly shows that's not the case. I think that adds to just the, the general picture elsewhere in the world that things are looking better. CapEx are kind of, you got uh, business expectations doing better. CapEx Nowcast are picking up. The China news on on credit was better than uh, expected, quite a bit better than expected, actually. Europe is doing better. So that's all the positive side. And that continues. This week's payrolls report was just a part of that. Um, but I think the concern on the downside is simply that, you know, too much of a good thing. Inflation's running hot. Next week, we're looking for a pretty hot inflation report. And I think the, you know, the Fed knows this is coming and they're looking like they're off track, which is why Powell signaled this week that they are certainly willing to increase the pace of hikes from uh, from the step down that they made to 25. And I kind of put on notice the, the market that we're, we're not done with this yet. So let's let's unpack some of that because you went through a lot of different things. Let's start with Powell. Um, as you said, he clearly is uh, responding to the news that has shown a resilient economy uh, and is uh, also showing uh, inflation being persistent and higher than he would have liked at this point. So he's telling us he might go um, 50 at the next uh, meeting. Uh, you know, to me, that's a big step because it it, it's, it moves away from um, the downshift they made in February. It also signals that they're not, at least at this stage, looking for that place to pause, this place where they can find high for long. And I think in both of those messages, uh, there's a negative there for Fed intent in terms of uh, uh, market conditions. Uh, so I guess the question is how how close are we? We still don't have a 50 in our call, um, but we do, as you noted, have a high side inflation forecast for next week. We got a point five on core CPI. Uh, what do you think the odds the Fed does go 50 are at this point? Uh, I, I was, I think <laughs> certainly better than we were a month ago. Um, <laughs> you mean on February 2nd? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Be, well, before that, CB, I, I've been saying, I said it last year, that to me, the the, the gut punch has been the, the CPI report, which is why today's payroll report was, I mean, could have blown, blown me out of the water one way or another. But, you know, it was going to take a lot for me to get moved by the payroll report. Next week's CPI report is everything. I kind of fell off my chair when I saw what our team is looking for, because <laughs> I think last week I said on this call that something around a, a 
you know, a three handle was going to, was the bubble, right? So if there were two tenths, that's definitely going to keep you in the 25 camp. If it were four tenths, that would push me in the 50 basis point height camp. And so three was somewhere in the middle. Well, lo and behold, what are we looking for next week? It's like- uh, 0.46. Yeah, 0.46. So, I mean, rounding to 0.5, I, I just thought, well, I guess if I'm putting, if I'm being true to what I said, I, I would think you got to go 50 after a report like that. And, and, and there's reason, right? Because you're just think of your three month run rate, your three month run rate, which at one point we had thought and gotten down to 3% now is tracking four and a half. If we get what we're looking for, the three month run rate is going to jump to well over 5%. I think like five, five, maybe that's, I mean, you are accelerating inflation. You got a hot, you got a hot, tight labor market. Growth is resilient, and inflation is well above target and accelerating. I, I don't know why you wouldn't think that you've got to do more than just kind of simple twenty. Well, let me. I'm not. I actually don't want to fight with you on that as much as I enjoy fighting with you about most things, because <laughs> I'm kind of sympathetic to what you're saying. But uh, I'll. I will take the other side of this, which is to say that. We did get some constructive inflation news in the payroll report in the form of the uh, rise in the unemployment rate driven by higher participation rates. And we did see some moderation in the uh, average hourly earnings number. So there's some some reason to take a little bit of comfort there. But I think the, the bigger picture issue is whether or not you want to take what I think is a disruptive step in going back to 50 uh, in terms of the signaling in terms of what you're going to be guiding, in terms of um, um, you know where terminal rates are going to go, um, you know, given that um, it's still early in the year and it's still, I think, hard to put too much weight on um, the uh, run rates we've seen recently on both inflation and and on growth. I think in both in in both cases, there's a message. There's a message that inflation is firmer and there's a message that growth is more resilient. But how how much strength of signal do you want to put on it now? I think is careful. And then, then I think the other part of this is, do you want to take anything from the um, events of today in financial markets in terms of yeah. uh, stress as a, um, you know, as something of a, a, a signal for, for being a little bit more cautious. It's obviously way too early to extrapolate what we're seeing today into anything systemic, but. Um, yeah. The financial stress stuff is that's like really new to the scene, right? Just in the last kind of 36 to 48 hours. And, and we've been saying for a while, Hey, this is pretty good. We've been getting a lot of financial tightening, which is what you want. If you're trying to slow things down without a lot of financial stress, well, we're starting to see some stress now. I don't think we should get carried away with the, yet the way kind of the, the, the media is kind of starting to hype this up. But nonetheless, it, it's a move worth noting. The one thing getting back to, the, to, to our knitting here and, and just us going back and forth on this point, um, the way you're kind of talking about the Fed is, is as if the, the Fed needs to be in a mode of still trying to coddle the economy to engineer some type of soft landing and not wanting to rattle things. I would push back. And I know I'm actually talking your side of the camp here. So you're, I'm put you into my corner, but you know, I would say you want to rattle things. You need to drive a recession. If you're telling me inflation is accelerating here and going back towards 6%, that to me, that's game over. It's not boiling the frog anymore. It's the kind of wrath of God. We need to really hit a, a recession here. Well, I think that is the issue because I do think going 50 here 
is stepping over um, a line and starting to move into that space. So the question is, are they um, convinced that that's what they need to do? And th therefore, I think it is a big step if they take it. I don't think they're going to coddle us and do 50 and say we're, we're close to done. I think they're going to go 50 and say we don't know how oh, much further we're going to go. Bruce. No, I mean 50. I mean, I don't think they're going to go 50 and say 50 and we're done. If you're going 50, oh, you're I putting in you're a, at least another 50 in the picture. So you're really saying, hey, we're we're likely to go to six and likely to go to six relatively fast. So that's what I want to say is it's a big step. And I'm I'm with you on this, that if they take that step, it's a Fed that's telling us far more um, uh, explicitly than any of the risk profiles they've been willing to take up till now that they're uh, you know, that they're comfortable with the idea that the economy breaks. Um, and I, I so so if I'm not perhaps, you know, I am I am of the view and have been of the view that the Fed would eventually need to do that. I'm not necessarily there saying that we should take the the latest inflation news to say the game is over on that. But um, is maybe that, that is you don't case. believe the I mean, to me, I mean, that's why I've changed in this. Right. Like if when we were sitting at three percent on a run rate, I, I felt very comfortable with the not not only that the Fed was going to go gradual and pivot and taper off its hikes, but maybe even that you'd get a soft landing. But that is just not the picture anymore. Everything was revised away and you're running at four five. Now you're going to be at five five. That that just says we are. Well, let's say let's wait. We haven't seen we haven't seen the Fed print. So let's not count that's our chickens fair. there. That's right. But I mean, um. Maybe. Maybe you do get a downside. Surprise. And I'm, 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 and I am agreeing with you. If we get a 0.5, I'm having a hard time unless some of this stress stuff really starts to, uh, to build here in the next uh, week or so. That, that why they would want to go, uh, not go 50. But I do think, you know, inflation news is inherently choppy, and uh, I'm, I haven't changed my view that we're going to end this year somewhere in the mid threes on a year ago basis on inflation for the 12 months of this year. Um, which is not going to be comfortable for the Fed, but is not inflation at four and a half, five percent, which I think if you thought that, then you'd say, yeah, get the get the act going here. Let's let's push this economy down and get the inflation stuff out of the way. I mean, I think one thing that comes out from all of this and we, we put this piece out on kind of it follows up on some of the R star stuff you did. And we did a more kind of a academic model based treatment of this. And what you see is these. Just, I mean, what, what most people know, should know, what central banks have been telling us that we don't know anything about our star. We don't know where it is. We have these models that people tend to put a lot of weight on. But actually, what we find in this report is that these models just are, are frankly, quite useless. Uh, and therefore, one conclusion of that is exactly what we're talking about here, which is that you're going to be groping around and you're going to be data dependent and you may have to shift around. So when you say they pivoted to 25, I mean, let's not forget that you got super hawkish Powell at Jackson Hole last year. Then they kind of dialed back. Then they got hawkish again. Now they've, they've gotten dovish isn't the right word, but they're kind of dialing back to 25s. Maybe they can go to 50 again and then right back to 25s again. I've seen a lot of kind of whipsawing as they're groping around trying to understand whether policy is tight enough or not. And that's what you get in a world where you don't know where your all important benchmark of our stock so, is. So, I mean, I guess I would look at, and this is not necessarily the way the Fed is going to act. And in fact, it feels to me like I would, I feel, well, we're not forecasting the Fed to act this way. But if I'm sitting at the Fed and I'm not being influenced by big political pressures, and, you know, the Fed does have that. 
I would either I would either make right one what there is an opening there, so you could be sitting at the pad. No, 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 <laughs> not, not, not serious uh, to talk about that. But um, I think there's two approaches here. One is to say if you've made the decision that there's a um, you know, too small a chance you're going to get inflation under control without a recession. Let's get the recession going, as we just described. That's one approach to take here. I, I think the other approach to take here is to say, look, given the uncertainty about what's in the oven on the uh, inflation uh, decline, given uh, the uncertainty about what's in the oven, about how much the lagged effects of monetary policy are going to do, and even with all of the uncertainties about RSR, which you know you and I are both very much pushing. Um, you know, you get policy rates above five, you're, I think you're in, in some restrictive territory, whether you're modestly restrictive or more materially restrictive, who knows? I, I think it's appropriate to say there's just enough uncertainty here that at some point you got to just stop and let things uh, play out here. Right, whether that Bruce, is that a five percent or five and a half. Well, but, but I don't remember, think it's at six or six and a half. You're forgetting and you are actually showing me this recently. <laughs> Remember, it's the real rate that matters, right? And I, know, I thought yeah. you were saying you need to get the real rate at least above what three percent. Well, uh, historically, using and using a three-year trailing core PCE yeah. here, historically we haven't had a recession without a three percent real rate. I, I see all of that, Joe. I'm not yeah. fighting that. I'm just saying that if I'm sitting there at some point here, and I think not too far, you just want to like. Give but this my a point chance is and see what I happens. I may not be restrictive in a world where inflation is running four percent. Well, that that may be the case. I don't think the way we should, um, you know. And, and by the way, the this three year trailing would have a a five percent be consistent with a like a one and a half percent real yield. That's the, um, you know, that's the way you're going to end up deflating it, which you know I think is is fair. And you're right; it may not be very restrictive. But I think the po monetary policy works both in change in levels and you've changed policy uh, 500 basis points or so in the last 12 months, that itself is a very big issue, re regardless of whether the level of policy rates are high or not. And I think just giving that a chance to express itself in financial stress or not, in disinflation or not, and in growth or not, um, and even if I'm sitting here thinking the likely scenario if you stopped at five, is you stop at five and then you're not doing enough and you end up having to cause a recession. I, I still think, you know, it would make sense to to err on the side of just giving this thing a, a little bit of a chance to to show you what the the future is going to bring. I mean, that's my view. I don't think the Fed is there and maybe, uh, you know, the Fed won't be there either because inflation is going to be way too high or because growth is going to get kicked by these financial stress building or whatever. Uh, we'll see. But for now, um, we have um, not only the CPI out next week, which is obviously yeah. the main event, but we do have a retail sales report, which I, which I actually think a little that, bit more on the soft side, right? Because we are looking for a contraction there uh, in the, the headline number, what, like eight tenths. We have control of two tenths. Um, yeah, know, but so the, the reality is if, if, if our guy's forecast is right, we've got a one tenth drop in real consumption. That comes off that number, yeah. And after, uh, you know, that's after what I'm saying. Surge, you're going to get some of the weakness. I that that will kind of give a little bit to this kind of this new bizarro. No, world. but my point Another is after the Bruce. January after the January surge, uh, a one tenth decline after the big Jan surge on the upside isn't going to 
you know, you're going to be tracking like three and a half on consumption in the first quarter. Oh, so, I'm sorry. I see what you're saying. But Bruce, I would have thought with our with that inflation news that we're looking for next week to combine that with these this control number, it's going to be weaker than what you just said. I well, that's what Dan told me. I think there's a services piece of this, which is, uh, okay. you know, he's got built in something somewhat stronger. So we'll see. But I just think that I think if we get that in retail sales number, we're going to be feeling consumers are doing reasonably well when you look through the. Yeah. The ups and downs, just like <laughs> even if we get the, you know, we've got he's got a five tenths drop in manufacturing IP forecasted next week, but that's after yeah. a one percent gain in Jan. So it's still going to be, you know, manufacturing is not strong in the U.S., but I think through the uh, fog and and given what you what you're kind of seeing in global industry is it, feeling like maybe things will start to look better in the next uh, few months. Uh, let me. Chris, um, we should say we also have the China data, which will be ah, important. Yes. It's been it's been radio silence for January, February. We're getting both of those, and it should be a gangbuster number. I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, they're looking for 2.4 percent on retail sales and 1.6 on IP. Those are very strong numbers. Those well, are averages of Jan Feb, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, for the two months, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Monthly uh, monthly pace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly that IP very... number—that's a huge ra- rebound. They're getting a three percent more gain. Yeah, in I mean, IP we are looking for seven percent GDP growth. So that's roughly consistent with that. But this—that'll be an important print. And then, of course, we do have the ECB next week. So that's uh, another. Yes. Thing. So let's let's end on that note. And it's not a very exciting note. I think the point Greg right. is making there is fifty is a done deal. Uh, they're neither going to commit to fifty for. May, well, that's but the they're... interesting part, right? We are looking for another 50 after that. And, you know, they, they signaled this 50. It'll be interesting to see if they continue that language next week. We're not well, looking he's suggesting for that. not, not yeah. but that he's still looking for it. And again, part of it is the inflation, you know, parallel to the U.S. story, the core inflation numbers have come in much stronger than they expect. Right. And they're going to so probably revise their talk hawkish. And, and, and yeah. for what it's worth, Lagarde, while it was, you know, Lagarde kind of signaled that maybe two fifties would be coming. So, um, well, we'll see. Know. He's, he's looking for fi- Greg's looking for 50, but he's not looking for a commitment to 50 coming yeah. out of the meeting That's next right. week. And we'll leave it there. We'll leave the, the most exciting news of the week, the bank of Canada on hold for another time. <laughs> so anyway, Thanks, everybody. That actually is interesting, Bruce. I know you want to say goodbye. No, we're not going to talk about it, Jerry. RBA and Canada were both kind of on the more sensitive to interest rate side, and they were. We're gonna, we're gonna leave it here. I know, I know, we can go on for a long time, but we're gonna (laughs) leave it here. And uh, thanks, everybody, and uh, hope we can continue the conversation next week on JP Morgan TV.